Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Corey Deanna Lewis, founder of The Healthy Project and host of The Healthy Project Podcast. My mission is to bring awareness to health and wellness concerns that are impacting our communities. On this podcast, you'll learn strategies to improve your health from health professionals from around the world that are trying to make an impact in people's lives. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. Uh, I have a great guest in the building today, a board-certified emergency medicine physician, frontline front provider, uh, completed her bachelor's of science degree in psychology from Duke University and obtained her doctor of medicine degree from Duke University School of Medicine and also the founder of Hope for Med. So I'm super excited to have Dr. JB on the podcast. Jack, Dr. JB, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for this invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we get started, I would love for you to just kind of, um, if there's anything else you want to introduce yourself or just let people know more about you and you know what gets you up in the morning. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I always try to do is, you know, really talk about that I am more than just a physician. I think mm. so often physicians kind of um, embody the fact that they are a doctor. But yes, I'm a doctor, but that's a white coat that I put on myself, right? When I take off this white coat, I am more than just a doctor. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend. There's more to me than just being a, a physician. And, and that's what I look forward to. And that's what I enjoy, you know, when I'm out of the uh, emergency department. That's great. I think that gets lost on a lot of people. It does. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, that there's... You know, you don't you don't go home and you're still a doctor. Your 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 kids don't say, "Hey, doctor, mom." They just call mm-hmm. you. That's right. Call, you call you mom. You have those same same issues there. Same you know same thing. So yeah, I really appreciate that outlook because it can get kind of lost in the sauce sometimes for some people. Yeah, you know, and it's so true. And and the thing about that is. You know, the work that we do in healthcare, the work that we do as physicians is very stressful, right? Mm -hmm. And if you make that your identity and then something happens, you know, unexpectedly, then it can really, really have some significantly detrimental effects. Because who am I if I'm not a physician? Right. And, you know, but to be able to maintain this, this, this healthy balance of there's more to me than being a physician. There always was. Before I became a doctor, there was more to me. And after I'm a doctor, there is more to me. Um, And because, you know, sometimes when we're working, we just get so lost in it, right? We can't separate ourselves from our jobs and our home. We take the the work home with us, you know, we're we're, we're doing our notes and then we go to sleep late, we wake up, we go back to work. And then, you know, there's no time to really create a clear separation division between the two. Um, and, you know, and that's what I, I try to, to, to share with my colleagues and the world that, you know, and it's not just be a physician, it's whatever it is that you do, mm-hmm. you know, there's your career, your, your job, right? But then there's everything else. And what is that everything else? And are you also, you know, valuing and, you know, nurturing that everything else? Was so was that the inspiration behind you know creating hope for med and and you know what what kind of led you down that path for creating these you know wellness solutions for healthcare professionals? 
Yes, that was the inspiration. Uh, you know, there's a daggering statistic about physicians specifically that, you know, every year, and this is not new, this is not a new phenomenon that happened because of COVID, um, but every year, approximately 300 to 400 physicians die by suicide. That is a medical school class worth of physicians who are dying by suicide. And we don't talk about that, right? Sometimes it might make it to the, to the news briefly, and then it gets pushed under the rug. And the question is why, why has that been going on? And, you know, as a healthcare professional, we are taught to put on this air of confidence. I have it, you know, I got this together. And of course, and it's ex extremely important because you need to be able to exude confidence to your patients. When you're in front of your patient, you need to be able to, you know, who wants a doctor to be like, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Are you, are you having a heart attack or, or I, nobody <laughs> right. you know, as a patient, would you really be excited? But, you know, would you, would you feel confident in that provider if oh, they were behaving that way in front of you? I'm going to go over here. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not sure if I'm reading this correctly, you know, like, so, so you can't do that. Right. Right. But that doesn't end there, you know, with that patient, it carries over into all facets of your life. And that's where it becomes very detrimental and problematic because, you know, we are not taught to be vulnerable. You know, there's concerns about if you show your vulnerability, you know, then you'll be viewed differently. Maybe right. you'll be viewed as less than, um, et cetera. And so we don't. And so we hang out in these little silos of everything is wonderful in my life. When the reality is that it may not be, right? Mm. And we don't have opportunities to really share with each other structured opportunities to share with each other. And some of us will, will, will speak with our, our colleagues from, you know, when we were training or whatnot and have these like mm -hmm. hush hush conversations about our struggles. Um, but it kind of ends there, you know, but what about the people that you're going through this with? What about the people at your job that's experiencing these same things with you? Do you have an opportunity to really share with them? And so because of that, that vacuum that was there, that is why I created Hope for Men you know, to really be able to be like the safe harbor for us to have these conversations, conversations that need to be had, conversations that actually can save lives by people realizing that they are not the only person experiencing these things, right? right. That there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing inherently wrong with you by having these emotional re responses to this stressful situation that is your day-to-day -day experience. Right. Which, which has increased, even though it hasn't, started it hasn't started because of covid it has kind of increased or been you know added stressor for mm -hmm. the provider due to that so you know based off your experience and what you've been working with what's that first step for a provider you know what's that first step for them who when they're at the end of their rope and they're just stressed to the max what is that first step to um create some balance mm. I think the first step is to incorporate a practice of self-care because for far too long as healthcare professionals, our needs are put on the back burner. 
you know, we, when we're going through training, our sleep is put on the back burner, right? When we're studying um, and having to do, you know, stay up 24 hours in the unit or in the ICU, you know, our sleep is put on the back burner. Our needs are put on the back burner and we're not taught really the importance of taking that from the back burner and bring it back central. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Hope for Med does is have these conversations, provide these resources where healthcare professionals can centralize their needs. Right. Do you feel like, do you feel like the system kind of makes it harder? You know, and, and what I mean by that is you see a lot of physicians working a lot of hours and they're being told they need to see a certain amount of patients every day. Mm-hmm. There are these things they have to do here and they may be off at five o'clock, but they don't leave the office until eight or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that pressure in that, what, what they're supposed to, or what you're supposed to do, does that affect you really uh, prioritizing your self-care? It does. No, you know, that is definitely one of the biggest stressors in in healthcare is all this extra stuff that we're expected Mm -hmm. to do. You know, all these I's that need to be dotted, T's that need to be crossed, um, hurdles we need to jump over to be able to provide the optimal care that we would like for our patients. And all of those things take away from the time that we have at the bedside with the patients. And so when we think about strengthening our bonds between, you know, the patient and the caregiver, if we have to go through these mountains of paperwork, right, Right. to be able to uh, make sure we get reimbursed, because, of course, we also have families to feed and (laughs) bills to pay. Um, So we also do need to get compensated for the work that we do. And through all the conversations that I've had with various healthcare professionals, one of the consistent things that I hear is, you know, the driving force out of, out of healthcare isn't the patients, right? We -hmm. came in here to help people. We want to work with people. I mean, I guess it depends on the specialty that you're in, right? If you're a pathologist or whatnot, maybe you're not working with a life person, you know, but like our goal is to help the person in front of us to connect with the person in front of us, not to do a bunch of paperwork, you know, right. Not to be, not to do activities that take away from us being effective and communicating with our patients, but that's what's happening now right. is that the amount of time we have with our patients, you know, we have, you know, X, Y, Z metrics we need to do. The patient has to be in and out and everything needs to be done by the time they're out within, you know, this brief window of time. And how do you do that? But well, you truncate the amount of time you have with your patient, right? So the patient's like, oh, the doctor doesn't care. The doctor's just right. rushing out. You know, they don't care about what I'm saying. You know, they keep interrupting me, et cetera. When in fact, it's like, I have to, you know. Yeah, you got to go. Metrics. Right. It's all about the metrics and, and the, the numbers. Mm-hmm. And there are some things, and, and I can't, and I, I get it on both. I get both sides because, you know, you want that 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 patient wants to feel like they're being heard and being taken care of, but they don't understand what's going on on the, on the back end for, for, for the provider. Mm-hmm. So they're like, man, what's, what's going on? Like you barely looked at me. Like I, you don't even know what's going on. And I, know you're, but you, but they don't understand. You got, you got to keep it moving. Right. You know, you know so or like, you're, 
Are you talking to me? And, you know, I'm here, but you're on the computer. You're not even looking at me. You're just typing, 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 you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so when I, you know, be- before I got into a clinical setting, I worked with, you know, I worked with kids uh, in a pediatric mental uh, institution. And I noticed when I started having dreams about the kids I provided services for, that was my brain telling me it's time to take a break. I could feel that stress coming on. And I, I learned that from my boss who was there, who said he always took a day off. Whenever he would have an issue, he would take a day off. What's that trigger for you? And what are some of the self-care strategies that you implement for yourself when you feel yourself starting to get burnt out or stressed? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an emergency medicine physician, I... Um, <clears throat> don't have a lot of control over my schedule really right mm-hmm. i'm given a schedule and then i need to make my work my life around that schedule right and so um you know thankfully the schedule at least comes out a month at a time <laughs> and so i can look at my month and then schedule in periods of of self care mm-hmm. um you know periods of of time to just you know do something for me that helps right. rejuvenate myself. Um, and then of course, as with, with the days that go or, and then of course, with each day that passes by, you know, incorporating uh, daily activities of journaling and gratitude journaling uh, is really one way that I am able to help fight feelings of, of burnout. And of course, my my cup is even fuller as I'm launching the the Hope for Med business. And yeah. so, if I'm not working in the emergency department, then I'm focused on on this and connecting with healthcare professionals and providing information um, about ways that they can go ahead and, and, and tackle burnout. Um, but that those interactions for me actually provide me joy. I really mm. enjoy uh, these, these conversations um, and, and getting to know people from all over the U.S. and all over the world and really just yeah. showing that we are in this together. We're one family, dysfunctional, <laughs> <laughs> but family nonetheless. But family nonetheless. That, that's great. Can we, can we talk a little bit more about Hope for Med? You know, I, I feel like it's, it's such a great initiative and, and thing that you're doing. What, you know, um, what are your goals? You know, how, how has it been so far for you, this, this mission with Hope for Med? It's been wonderful. It's it's a new initiative uh, that honestly started a little over a year ago. Now, a little over a year ago, <clears throat> this was an idea in my head, November of I guess 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was, you know, working in the emergency department, or I am still working in the emergency department, but I, you know, was in the emergency department and I was just you know, realizing like, wow, you know, this is, this is my life. This is my life where I dealing with sick, dying patients, COVID patients that are dying on me. Um, and I just have to keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. I don't have time to really process what's going on because my waiting room is full of patients. Right. And then, you know, I think about, okay, so then how am I going to go ahead and uh, or who am I going to talk to? Am I going to bring this home to my, my, my husband and, you know, 
like essentially like give him this burden when he doesn't really, he's not, he's not medical. He doesn't have a medical background and he's not really going to be able to understand what exactly it is that I'm talking about. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I realized that it was extremely important to be able to have some kind of community of people with shared experiences where you don't have to start from the beginning. You don't have to say, this is, you know, how a patient presents to me, you know, like, like, like that, <laughs> right. right? You know, you can just jump straight to the meat of it and, and they yeah. get it. Um, and so that's why I was like, well, we need a place of our own as healthcare professionals where we can connect with each other and really talk about some of these issues. Um, and, you know, a place that really focuses on making sure that we are whole our whole body whole, right? Right. Because you get the best care from somebody who is well themselves, right? And so that's why, you know, it's so important to optimize the wellness of the healthcare professional to make sure that they are practicing at their utmost. So so that's where, you know, this whole idea of, of Hope for Med came from. And then, you know, it was, starting to tackle some of these stigmas, some of these conversations that we don't have. And that's what we launched with our podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, through the Hope for Med podcast, we feature uh, various healthcare professionals. And you know, if I take a couple steps back, I, I'm an emergency medicine physician and I view things as I walk into a patient's room and I look at my patient and I say, hmm, are you sick? or not sick. This is the first things that you learn when you're training to be able to identify a patient who is sick versus not sick. Um, you know, meaning when we say sick versus not sick, like, are you about to try to die on me and I need to go do something <laughs> right away versus right. I have a few more minutes, you know, not that you're not having your emergency, but which one is like about to cry. Right. Um, and, you know, I took a step back at that, that time and I looked at the healthcare system and I treated the healthcare system as a person right? A person with organs and cells, right? Who have to function together to make the person be able to function as a person, right? right? And I was like, my patient, this patient, the healthcare system is sick. This is an emergency. Yeah. And then, you know, they're looking at this, this, this healthcare system as a person, their heart rate's fast, their blood pressure's low, and they're becoming altered. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so as an emergency medicine physician, what am I going to do? I need to act. You know, that's what we do. We act. Um, and so I was like, okay, so what can I create to take care of this person who is trying to die in front of me? This person who was needed to save the lives of countless other people. And so, you know, I started acting, right? And so the first thing that we created after we, you know, came up with the name and whatnot was this podcast to really be able to, to, to share people's stories and experiences. And, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about wellness, you know, it's, and, and when you're thinking about the person, you know, it's a bunch of different organs that make up a person, And so health, I mean, Hope for Med focuses on not just physicians, because in healthcare, we work as a team. And as a human, we have different organs that need to function together to provide health. And so that's why on the podcast, you see a variety of different 
healthcare professionals being featured and their stories being featured, because I think that's extremely important for us not to lose sight of that. You know, we're not in yeah. this alone. Yeah, you just had uh, my guy, Dr. Richard Harris on. I, I saw that. Uh, so that's so it's 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 important. And I feel like just kind of going back to what you're saying when when you were kind of explaining being able to talk with other people that you don't have to explain what you mean, like that kind of like that cultural competence, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is is so important. And, and we kind of talk about that as well when it comes to you know, having, you know, a black provider or having someone that looks like you to where you don't have to, there's already a common bond in a way to where you don't have to really explain why you say something or explain too much. You are, you already know, or you have an idea and it's, it's, that's almost a stress relief in itself when seeing somebody that looks like you or seeing somebody that understands your profession to where you can say something and they're not like, they're like, all right, I, I guess, you know, but, you know, like, no, I get it. You know, I get, I know exactly what you're, what you're saying. I know exactly what you're going through and that, that appreciation that I, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, and even in, you know, being, being a black woman uh, in, in healthcare, so many times I've walked into a patient's room and the patients look like me and they're like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. a black female doctor, <laughs> right. you know, right. and they're like, you know, they, they don't see them all that often. And, you know, they're just really excited to, to see it. And it gives them hope, um, you know, that their child can grow up to become a physician just like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine who is a, a black med student right now. And he, he's a four, fourth year med student. And he was saying how he would go into these rooms with the doctor and the patient would be looking at him, a, a black patient. And it'd be like, are you, are you my doctor? And he's like, no, I'm just not yet. You know, but they would, they would tell him more than the actual doctor. And he's like, there's not whole, I appreciate it, but it's almost kind of solidifying the fact that we need more black and brown boys and girls to take on this profession because I believe that's going to help the healthcare system and help the health of these people if we see more of them that look like us. Not saying that a white provider or someone else can't be beneficial. I'm not saying that, but it definitely helps when I'm sure when that that little girl, that, that black woman sees you walk through that door of mm-hmm. like, okay, they, they're, they're going to treat me better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the health inequalities is a real thing in this country mm-hmm. and, you know, producing healthcare professionals that look like the, the populations um, that they take care of is, is extremely important to really help bridge that gap. Right. And, um, and we briefly talked about this before, but, you know, being a doctor is hard uh, and being a black woman doctor is even even harder. And there was this article that I read, um, really great article. Can you kind of talk about, you know, what are some of what were some of your challenges or what are some of your challenges you face? And, and you know, how do you cope with with those challenges? 
Oh, well, the path to becoming a Black female physician was a path of being a token. Mm. You know, I was the only one in my classes. Um, and, you know, as I went throughout my training, I, you know, so, so realizing that oftentimes you are going to be the only person that looks like you. And, you know, how do you allow yourself to be at ease knowing that fact and not being so, um, you know, feeling the sense of alarm that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you're the only black person in the entire room. Thankfully, my my uh, medical school class, actually, I wasn't the token. So when I got to medical school, uh, there was um, like a maybe two handfuls of, oh, nice. of, of black um, medical students, which was amazing. It was a great experience. And, you know, but it's it's so true. Like when I was in residency, I remember that people wouldn't think that I was a doctor. They think I was anything and everything else. But the doctor, I remember patients, patients, um, I walked into a patient's room and they thought I was the environmental specialist. And oh, I was Lord. Like, no, I'm not the environmental specialist. And honestly, I don't have any problems with environmental specialists, quite honestly. Oh. Um, my mom, when I was growing up, my mom was a housekeeper. I appreciate the work that the environmental specialists do. I appreciate the work that, you know, my mom did and how hard she worked to just put food on our table. And so I I didn't get, you know, crazy offended with that. I corrected them. But the part that would be bothersome to me, truthfully, was that sometimes, even after I corrected them, they reverted back to calling me the same thing. Um, and so as I went up residency, <laughs> became more senior, then it was an environmental specialist, it was the nurse. And sometimes I still get called the nurse now. I'll walk into a patient's room and they'll say, Oh, the nurse is walking in. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what I'm wearing, it doesn't matter if I have a white coat on or I don't have a white coat on or, or whatnot. Um, and so you know, and then I'll I'll say, I'll I'll politely say, no, I'm not your nurse, I'm your physician, you know, tell me what what brings you in. And so those are some of the things that I experience. And in terms of being called a nurse, I don't think that's necessarily just the you know minority versus non-minority thing. I still think that still today, and it's changing, it is because more and more women are becoming healthcare professionals and physicians, mm-hmm. but a lot of patients still think, you know, when they see a male. They're the doctor and mm. the females right. are the nurses. Right. Um, even if I'm even if I'm working with a scribe, if I have a male scribe in the emergency department, they'll think the male scribe is the doctor <laughs> mm. and you know I'm the scribe or, or whatnot. And so that still happens sometimes, you know. But as the years have gone, maybe it's because I'm developing more gray hairs, it happens <laughs> a little bit less. Um, but but it does happen still sometimes. Right. No, I, I and, and I get that. I'm sure it's, it can be, you know, frustrating, but there are some things that, you know, will will take time for the world to understand that, hey, you know, there are women doctors, there are women black doctors and it just get used to it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, Dr. JB, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time. If anybody listening wanted to get a hold of you, learn more about Hope for Med and just connect with you or whatever, where can they find you at? You know, the easiest way is to just find me on YouTube. I have um, YouTube channels for both 
Dr. JB. You'd spell out Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R-J-B. Um, and then you'd see those videos that are very patient centric and just giving like health literacy information um, so that they can better understand um, their particular diagnoses and um, what's happening when they come to the emergency department. And then for Hope for Med, it's Hope for number four and then MED. So H-O-P-E for M-E-D um, on YouTube, and you'll be able to see all of our podcasts. And there has all of my information in terms of the websites and my social media accounts and how they can get in touch with me. Awesome. And I'll link all that in the description of this podcast episode. So it'll make it easy for them as well. Um, but again, Dr. JB, thank you so much for your time. And everyone, thank you for listening. I'll let you next time. Thank you.